Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of the. What's so what's so funny? The, it was just what the what whole happened? time you were looking down. Ed and I were sitting here for so long like this. Oh my god! For, totally no, frozen. Like like a minute, you didn't look at the screen. A long time. <laughs> a really long time. Yeah. Like my that, eyes started to water. I was taking. I was taking a moment to get ready. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's like you're holding in a sneeze. Is that <laughs> all right? That was fun. Here we go. I'm leaving this all in. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> but Hello just know that I can. Well- all right, go ahead, Sean. When you're ready, <laughs> I on my mark, go. Oh, I know it. I know it. Mark. Hello and <laughs> hell. <laughs> Out of paper, out of stock There's friendly faces around the block Break loose from the chains That are causing you pain Call Michael and Stanley Jim Dwight Creed Call Andy and Kelly For your business paper needs Or Dundermip Then the people purchase paper people Dundermip Then the people purchase paper people Dundermip Then the people purchase paper people Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host, and I may need to fill out one of those love documents again, Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin Jane's big haircut. And with us, as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. Hey, you guys, I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm walking on boiling steam. <laughs> <laughs> But he's not in the warehouse this week. He's uh, he's uh, he's at corporate in New York. Uh, every week we get together uh, to talk about city. our favorite show, NBC's The Office. <laughs> I thought about walking to the wind, all the way to the window behind me and doing that. <laughs> but I have my microphone doesn't uh, reach that far. Go ahead. <clears throat> every week we get together to talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. This week we'll be discussing the job, the super fan cut of the episode, the job. And then we'll be uh, going to our Ordinary Things segment where we compare our own lives to the office. Uh, But uh, I'm going to kick it to Alex. (laughs) Oh, yes. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Just I just landed in New York not uh, not an hour ago. Um, Actually, no, almost exactly an hour ago and uh, made it here to Brooklyn visiting my wife's brother and her parents are also in town visiting her brother. So a mini family reunion. Say hi, Anne. Hi. There she is. Isn't she lovely, folks? <laughs> uh, 
but um, yeah. So anyway, I'm I'm I that was my only drop that I played because I don't have my setup, so I don't have my drop board here. I'm just on my laptop, so sorry because okay. this is a great episode for them. Uh, but before we get into the episode, just quick mm. housekeeping. Uh, we just had our our twenty gosh twenty third. Scott's wow. Tots episode, our longest one yet. That's what she said. Wow. That's true. Uh, yeah, almost two hours of action-packed mailbag answering, guys. What a night we had together. La- that was just last night. Wow. That feels like two weeks ago. Uh, but anyway, that's up there. We have a pull-up voting on our next episode episode. Um, and an episode episode is like this one where we, we're just talking about one episode as opposed to a character or plot arc location. Etc. So we're going to be having more of our like next episode votes on there. Uh, join the Patreon; it's a great time to get in. Again, you're getting 23 extra mailbag episodes, and if you think we're loose on this show, oh, 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 we we <laughs> we undo the belt buckle for our Patreon show. So uh, and just yes, we do. We just hang out. We keep it loose. Keep it keep it fun. Yeah, so we have a get lot over of there. Fun. Join five bucks a month, uh, and also our store <laughs> is always open 24 hours a day at mspcstore.com. That's right. That's right. Check it out. And thank yes. you so much to everyone who but, supports the show. Yes. Oh, yes. Our tots, our tots are the absolute the best, best people, people on the planet the world. Earth. Greatest people on Earth. Um, but yeah, uh, Edwin, take us back to the show here. What What are we talking about today? Why are we talking about the job other than I happen to be in New York? Uh, you being in New York is as good a reason as any to talk about one of That's the, true. I think, sort of signature season closers of The Office. Uh a lot, a lot happens. This is a huge moment for so many of the characters, and it's just a, a really, really great episode for so many. Jim and Pam and Karen and Michael and Dwight and uh, and, and many others. Andy. Uh, and Andy. Yeah. And, yeah, and Ryan. And uh, it's... Kevin gets a storyline in the Creed. super fan cut. <laughs> Meredith. Everyone's, everyone's plan. Everyone's getting minutes in this episode. Yeah, and uh, with the other, the other sort of thing that this episode gives us a chance to talk about the Superfan cut, which I think is one of the better offerings of the Superfan lineup, just in terms of, it's, I yes. think it's 20 extra minutes of content, and uh, it really adds a lot of dimension to the episode. So not just uh, significant in terms of plot, but also significant in terms of all the extra mm-hmm. content. It's like an hour, hour 10 or something. Like, I downloaded two. it for the, for the plane ride here and opened it up, and it was like, this is great. This is going to take up more of the flight than I thought. It's like a movie, yeah. 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 Well, I think that, I mean, that is, well, I'll let, let Sean give us the info on this episode, but it does, it does feel like a movie for sure. The, this is the job season three episode, uh, uh, the jobs part one and two, uh, episode 24 and 25. It was written by Paul Lieberstein and Michael Schur and directed Powerhouse. by Ken, Ken Quapis, uh, I mean, who directed the pilot, of course, uh, <clears throat> What a what a trio! It, no kidding, and it aired on May seventeenth, uh, two thousand seven. Uh, the super fan cut on Peacock runs at sixty two minutes long. It's just a wow! It's a whopper mm-hmm. of an episode. A Ken Whopper. And man, you guys, I mean, I, I think I I just finished watching the the super fan cut for the first time, and. I was just blown away. Like, I mean, there is so much to discuss here. And I want to start with Jeff Garland. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't can't believe he got left on the cutting room floor. Mm -hmm. Jeff Garland. 
I was I jo, jo, that was like Bob Odenkirk showing up in Little Women for me. That was that was fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Garland makes a surprise appearance, surprise cameo in this episode while Jim yeah. and Karen are waiting in the lobby, uh, and it, it is alluded that they had uh, some sort of meeting or connection. Jeff Garland's character and Jim in the Stanford branch, uh, and it seems to kind of hint at Jim being a front runner for the job. But uh, yeah, pretty funny scene and. Uh, it's it's surprising that they cut something so funny, but at the same time, what, watching these these extended cut episodes, you see full scenes being cut, and what is yes. left is is just a lot more compact. I think that um, you, the Jeff Garland scene definitely is just there to serve um, as uh, building up. Jim is going to get this job. Jim is going to get this job. He's got. It's mm-hmm. a little little like, bit of a pump fake by the show of like it's going to Jim. And and I think that that's supposed to, again, raise the stakes for Jim giving everything up to, of course, be with Pam in the end. That's what happens at the end of this episode is we get Jim saying, hey, sorry, like, you want to go to dinner tonight uh, uh, to Pam, which is just a huge relief for for all of us <laughs> uh, right at the end of uh, oh. of, of season three. Um, but uh, I, I think that perhaps why scenes like this were cut is to focus more on Jim giving up his relationship with Karen than giving up this job as a sure thing. Right. I mean, uh, it's it's funny. It's kind of a fitting place to start actually that Jeff Garland scene. Cause it of like, just like you said, cause, cause also in that scene, it's made very apparent where he sort of uh, has it. And Karen's like, Oh, I'm also applying for it. And he's kind of like, Oh, do I know you? Like, it's very much like a it's a guy's guy, Jim, fantasy football, hey. And then Karen, it's like, did we go to college? And she's like, no, I'm way younger. And he's like, <laughs> I was there for like 11 years, so maybe. <laughs> um, but it, it's just get that, that more stark of like, like you said, uh, the audience expecting that Jim's going to get this job, which makes the ending of this episode, yeah, all the more um, like, I mean, honestly just like catharsis to watch that every time it's it i have the same feeling every time i watch the end of this episode uh no matter how many yes. times i've seen it but getting ahead of myself um to, but but to zoom out i mean the the web of who gets this job reaches every corner of of the office every character has something to gain or lose almost by this whether they know it or not and and varying right. levels of of importance, but You've I mean, got... this episode is brilliant at playing all that out with all of these characters and all the way up to Michael just giving his job to Dwight prematurely and Dwight running with it. Yeah, how how it affects everyone. I mean, Michael thinks that he's a shoe in for the job. Jim mm-hmm. and Karen um, are really excited by the challenge of trying to get this job and kind of are you know teasing each other about it. Uh, Pam, yeah. of course is watching Jim, the love of her life, probably walk away. She seems to think that it's a sure thing that Jim's going to get the job. She's and kind of now, resolved to it. And, and therefore surrenders to becoming uh, the secret assistant regional manager. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and then um, and then we get to, uh, yeah, I mean... Dwight being overwhelmed by being named the, the new manager. manager. And, and Andy stepping instantly up- into his yes. new role. <laughs> Andy yes. becoming number two. Uh, we'll get into all these things, but uh, Angela then, becoming, you know, feeling a spy and her, and her. Oh God, yeah, yeah. 
And eventually Kelly getting the rug pulled out from her at the very end. <laughs> no one's safe in this episode. Uh, and of course, Jan. Certainly not safe. Lest we forget so. Jan. Yeah. I think, too, uh, kind of going back to what you said about Jim and, and what that extra additional scene does, I think one thing that the super fan cut, I think, emphasized a little bit more was that Jim is not just turning down uh, the job, or presumably turning down the job. We don't ever see him get offered or anything like that. But he does seem like a front runner. The show paints it that way. But it's also the prospect of life in New York with Karen, most likely, because right. Karen says she would move there for him. There's the scene where um, Jim says he would go there. Every, he would only go to New York on field trips. And Karen says, you're really going to enjoy this adult, Jim. So they have like a taste of the New York life. Yeah. What his lifestyle sure might be, the one that Ryan seems to enjoy so much when he gets there. Uh, and so Jim it, seems to be having a great time. Yeah, it's a little more, it, it seems like uh, the, the extended cut gives a, a fuller picture of exactly what Jim is deciding not to go for in order to go back uh, to Scranton and at least ask Pam out. You know what Jim is all about is some serious like 2008 jeans or pants. <laughs> I just noticed the fashion. Just it, you're just like it's crazy how much that went out of style. But he's he's got those like like another, they're just like baggy enough, mm-hmm. and you're just like yeah. That's his, his that's haircut Jim is a piece of clothing right there. Just <laughs> perfect. His haircut really is pretty stupid looking too. <laughs> really it looks pretty good hmm. you say this you don't have a haircut man <laughs> i don't have hair yeah edwin's big haircut <laughs> now if we had a big old beard yeah. now we're talking mm-hmm. uh no i thought his hair his hair looks pretty good this is i mean i've i've, I've said season three jim is the hottest jim and uh boy he ends I, on a bag it's just here. to me it's just it it is like it it made me chuckle to myself like it is just dorky it's not jim how about that how about that it's kind of jim the, for a, most of the rest of the show though you prefer the season like three no no wig. no no it, this is a this is still slightly different yeah, the wig. from jim for the rest of the show but anyway but but, but the leatherheads <laughs> wig yeah exactly yeah <laughs> i mean so we uh, we do see we we, we see what happens with jim as this episode progresses but maybe we should talk about karen as well karen seems to be guiding jim at least a little bit to this opportunity and knowing that she says to jim there's one too many people in Scranton. i was at the beach too she was there she heard the same thing and then we have all the interactions that karen and pam have in the lead up to them driving to new york so there's a lot of stake for karen as well even if she doesn't get the job and this is where we I was going to say just the, the expanded scenes we see coming from beach games, like like the super fan job cut is also an extended beach games in a way, because we get some more mm-hmm. conversations between Jim and Pam on the beach. All that to add more context to like the position Karen is, which Karen is in, which honestly really sucks for Karen. Like she's just kind of like the only way this ends is she gets her heart broken. And it's almost like she like knows it's coming in a weird way. This is the episode where Karen says Pam is kind of a bitch. Kind of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I know. After they threw their their margarita party, even uh, where it's like, after oh, they, they were doing great. But but then, um, I mean, I know that was a, that was a lot earlier in season three. But all that is Committee to say to is like parties. watching this again. Everything that goes down, I'm, 
I found myself being like, I mean, yeah, Karen's not wrong based on her experience here. Like what Pam says to Karen in the conference room is a little bit like, oh no, I meant to say that. And I'm glad you heard it. It, it, it has that feel of like, you don't need to twist the knife here, Pam. Yeah. But I also know Pam is has a hard time sometimes being confident and upfront and saying what she feels. So I want both of them to feel good, but that's kind of doesn't work in this love triangle. Pam is continuing to try out her confidence in these yes. different scenarios. I think mm-hmm. one other thing that I took away from, um, I mean, this this happens, the, the, the foundation of this happens in the regular episode, but there's a scene where Jim says, you don't have to stay for this if you want, if you don't want to. And Karen says, oh, oh yeah, Karen's done her go. interview mm-hmm. before Jim does. Right. Yeah. Karen says, I'll go. Yeah, I was going to meet my friends for lunch. And there's a scene in the super, and, and what we see in, in both episodes um, is Pam kind of reassuring herself, talking about how she's going to move on. Maybe I'll find my Karen, uh, but man. And there's a scene in the super fan cut where she has an interaction with Kelly and she says, maybe I need more friends. And it makes me think a little mm. bit that like that it's very, very subtle, but Karen is, uh, it seems to need Jim less than Pam needs Jim, if that makes sense. Wow, that's like I mean you're you're absolutely right. I mean Karen is just like, "Oh yeah, I've got like tons of friends here and like I've had tons of experiences without Jim and Pam is just kind of all like, you know, her whole life was Roy and her life with Roy and now she's kind of like, I mean, we we know that Pam is close with her mom, kind of close with her sisters. We never hear her talk about having a friend or anything. That's uh, yeah. And yeah, and we- just and just Pam becoming, you know, Dwight's uh, uh, secret, secret assistant to the regional manager. Yeah, because I like I've always loved that story. I think that's so funny. I think that's this is a great Jenna Fisher comedic episode. <laughs> yes, it is. And it's so much of a Come on, guys. <laughs> the, <laughs> the listen to Dwight's one. presentation. <laughs> yeah. The second one that got cut is so funny. And then so funny. And then Dwight does the like zip it Pam and she's like what? And then they do the wink. It's yeah, zip yeah. it. Yeah. It's so funny. But, I mean, um, but if, if you really think about it though, there is something kind of sad about that. It's like Pam is just like, well, I guess since I have no one I can be real with, I'll just be. Uh, well, know, she says a like I had a great day Dwight. goofing around with Dwight, and it's like, right? Yeah, you were goofing with him. He was not goofing around with you. Like <laughs> that, it's very stark in that way. He did give um, her a lot of winks. <laughs> he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the future um, for Pam seems so uncertain. If Jim takes right. his job and continues to mm-hmm. stay with Karen, like you know, it, it it's just an interesting way that the show kind of constructs that, and how some of these additional scenes. I think reinforce that a little bit more. Something along those lines I noticed on this rewatch I've never noticed before is that both Karen and Pam kind of seal their own fates in one moment here, which is um, as almost a flex on Pam. Karen asks Pam to print out their sales reports for both Jim and Karen mm-hmm. um, right before they leave to be Power like, hey, do some, do some office work for me. But yep. that allows Pam to slip the note and the yogurt lid into Jim's folder that when he takes it out during the interview, that's what falls into his lap that Pam put there. And so, like, Karen asking Pam to do that instead of doing it herself is actually the thing that lets Pam uh, take one last shot, like, that works in the moment. And, like, wow. who knows whether Jim had actually changed his mind earlier, but as it plays in the episode, he looks at the note that falls out. He, he's... Uh, David asked him about his 10-year 
plan. And we're left to assume that he says, you know what, David, no thanks. And he goes straight back. Um, so maybe it's but, fate, but it also feels like both Karen and Pam kind of kind of ended up like Karen fell on her sword a bit without even knowing. Uh, that's a I, I, I never thought about that. That's a great uh, that's a great point. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's true or not. No, but I, I, I think so. No, I, I love it. I, definitely. Yeah, it's actually brilliant. No, it's it, it, it's brilliant. And uh, but man, that it, I love that you brought up the 10 year plan, though, because I also love that we get Michael's 10 year plan in this super fan episode. Oh <laughs> Which is just that he lives in the future in a big house, and he continuously. Like, oh, David, I'm out. so glad you asked. <laughs> I've thought a lot about this. He just sketches out <laughs> details of what the future might look like: living in a big house with his kids, and screens with different artwork, and a remote control that controls them all, and one pill that contains every all your daily vitamins, like a, like a multivitamin. <laughs> I don't know what they. I don't know what they'll call it, but. Uh, <laughs> It's so funny. It's like, and, and poor David Wallace is just like, huh? Like, you know, no one, no one's like you can see on his face. He's like, no one's ever answered that way before. Okay. I think ten um, ten year yeah. plan is kind of a long time as well. That's a long one, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> I, I do I mean, not have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In this day and age, are you kidding me? No way. I making a ten year plan is just irresponsible. Mm-hmm. I think. One additional thing that we get from from this extended cut, and one thing that we see as a plot line in the regular episode, is Michael preemptively taking this job and moving into the job, and assuming that he will be moving to New York in no time at all. To you know, in conjunction with his uh, reconnecting with Jan, but we see even more of that in the super fan episode, and it's so funny because it's it's almost like he's burning bridges, but needlessly. He's yes. just making his return life so difficult. We see him, we hear about him selling his condo for 80% of what he paid. Um, Very motivated but buyer. What we, get, what we get in the, for the most part in this episode is it's really, really front-loaded. So a lot of the additional content comes in the first like half hour, I would say. And yes. it's an expansion of a lot of scenes that we already know. So the scene where he is talking to the accountants and tells them that he sold his condo for 80%, there's initially a scene where Michael walks up and tells them how much he's going to he misses them and how they yeah. resemble some kind of a three-seated bicycle three-seated unicycle or, or a, a tri-tip steak or the three amigos fan club with a lot of members yeah <laughs> just yeah. a lot of extra <laughs> there's 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 additional little 10 seconds on either side of all of these scenes um, oh yeah that adds so much and they're, they're such a what a delight to watch them i mean uh where was it even dwight Dwight crying when Michael gives yeah. him the letter, how much longer that goes on of him going oh, into the crazy yes. like, <laughs> He's like yeah, Michael's it like is... it, like stop crying. Stop crying or I'm gonna take it away. And then Dwight starts sad crying instead of happy crying. Right. <laughs> I know I'm like, not gonna, you're take, gonna it take it, it he's away. Back, <laughs> he's back to happy. And he comes around the desk and he's like, Don't come on this side. And he does. And I mean at, that is watching a master at work of how Steve Krell is doesn't break, the, how they were able to get one t- clean take of that. I, you, I couldn't do it with that, Rain Wilson doing that right in your face. That's a surprising so, cut, too, because that is so funny. It's, it's so, so funny. It's so funny. And, and also, I mean, just like a great comedic scene between two great comedic actors. 
Dwight interviewing yeah. Andy oh. <laughs> is also yeah, so extended in the extended. super fan cut. <laughs> now that I get why they cut it, because it's just a time thing. But man, there's some good stuff in there. They it let felt the very actors improvise. <laughs> it feels like they let them play a little bit in the scene. Oh yeah. Whether they wrote oh, a ton of sure. alts and had them use them all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, you, what you start to realize in the expanded scene is how much Dwight's asking these questions that he doesn't know the answer to. He's just trying to get Andy, and Andy's so confident, he's just answering right away. And oftentimes, Dwight just accepts that answer <laughs> as the truth, which is clearly not. But like, there's a couple of times Dwight's... <laughs> Honestly, just like a little more impressed um, when he does. It's so What's good. What's the one where he he's like, uh, trick question? There is no second. What? Um, yeah, yeah. Dwight, Dwight's just and but Dwight takes it as new information. Where he's, <laughs> it's it, it's you know what? I feel like that Dwight does the same reaction when Jim is like, uh, you know, he's being. Um, yeah. How, exactly about, how much pot did you smoke? Yeah. He, mm-hmm. It's that kind of like he just like his back straightens a little bit and his eyes oh, widen. It's, it's yeah. um it's who is the second man on the moon? Trick question. There was no second man on the moon. <laughs> 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 ah, what a scene, uh, man. Oh my goodness. What a scene. This I I just want to take another moment to say how tickled I was. By this super fan cut. It's so funny. It's so good. I mean, we've talked about, like, what episode could you make? Could you just make the Office movie be? And after this, Mm -hmm. I mean, this is far away. I feel like the most complete movie that you could honestly just have on its own. I mean, you'd probably need to add a couple scenes of context from Beach Games and, like, everything. But this whole thing works on its own, right up to the ending, mm-hmm. which is like such an incredible peak ending, like the best season finale, I would say, on on the whole show. It's just like so good. I, it has to be, at least for me, I, it is. For me, it is. I, what What are the others? Company Picnic. I that I would say this beats Company Picnic. Uh, Company Picnic, hot close, girl. But like you don't get the you get the tease of Michael and Holly. You don't get him delivered like you do here. Do you want mm-hmm. the season enders? We, Goodbye, we got, Toby. Yeah, this is, this might be the best season ender. Hot Girl, Casino Night, The Job, Goodbye, Toby, night. Company Picnic, uh, Whistleblower, Search Committee, Free Family Portrait Studio, and, of course, Finale. Right. So yeah, I would say I, the, the only contender is Casino it's Night. Casino and, Night, which is a close second, but I got to say, man, The Job, as, a, as ending this... Oh, no, man, Casino Night's so good, too. But, <laughs> but, but this one... In terms of like, you could, you couldn't end the show at Casino Night. I think you could end the show at the end of the job. Hmm. That's hmm. why I think it's that's why I think it's the best. If if they had stopped the office, then I think that would be a totally satisfactory ending. Except for except for another deleted scene, which is the thousand yard stare that Michael's giving when he's watched he's watching Jan move stuff into his condo and he's just standing next to the, the truck just like we get absolutely footage, aghast footage of Jan moving into Michael's condo and yelling at yes. the movers and Michael's yeah just yeah they're moving like a sh- they're moving like a like a some makeup table <laughs> she's he says freaking out about he it says, we'll take I it love slow. she's moving in tomorrow 
<laughs> I'm glad we finally brought up Jan because Jan in this episode, of course, we we have to talk Jan. Uh, you know, I Ryan and I were watching this episode together, and Ryan was like, "Gosh, in my mind, there's like there's always so much more time between him and Jan getting back together and the interview, mm-hmm. but it's the day mm-hmm. before." <laughs> like, yeah, which. Leads you to, I mean, I know we learn later that Michael Scott didn't have a chance. David Wallace, come on, what do you want me to say? He's a nice guy. But, like, you do get the impression <laughs> watching this episode for the first time that uh, Michael might lose out on the job because of this whole Jan thing. Uh, <laughs> it certainly feels that way in the extended cut. It's just he is associated with Jan, and therefore there's no way he's getting the job. Right. Straight up. Although I want, I, think, I want to say that with, uh, I, I agree, there is an immediacy um, to those things happening. And I think if you were to watch the show sequentially, it would make more sense. Like if you watch it, um, you know, as a lot of people do, like one through nine on a loop, um, it would, it would sand, like it would feel a little more natural. But I can totally understand if you haven't watched that episode in a while, like to see that back to back would make a lot of sense. I, I also think that within, with Jan, there isn't a ton of additional content that features her no there wasn't no I, which no they just couldn't they couldn't there. cut melora harden from this i mean episode. most oh, yeah? of there there is so much plot contained in this episode that has to happen in the storyline that what a lot of the what does get cut and what is re-added in this extended super fan cut is additional funny scenes that don't necessarily move the plot even though they are really really great so we do what we get is i mean no, there isn't anything i think her time on screen isn't really impacted at all outside of yeah. Outside of the, the the voiceover scene where, where she's moving into Michael's condo, I can't think of anything yeah. else. It's extra. Yeah, yeah. She's, just, she's an essential ingredient to this episode. She is. And, and, and I, the, the, the whole – the way the boob reveal happens is so well done. Uh, just the blocking of it of, like, Michael in his office and then making that little dash to the conference room to talk to his uh, his, <laughs> his, his his crew, right? Um, which, by the way, is a heartwarming scene that they're all there for him and very invested. It's so beautiful. Like, I love you guys. Like, I love you guys. Like, he's so, he's so appreciative of it. It, you know what? It, it totally I'm feeling very good today. Yeah, <laughs> the brilliance of that comedy that you're just like, wow, this is amazing. This is what Michael's always wanted to be accepted. Yeah. By the people of the office, the women of the office. They're yeah. all I need like my girls. They all are standing together and supporting him and listening to him. That everyone would <laughs> and, care about his personal issues yeah. as much as he does. And then he just, he's, he just, he dumps all that for some big boobies. Big boobs with a Z. He's just a middle school boy, man. I, this, she, and that, anyway, this, and then he comes back and she's got the jacket off and the, yeah. his, the way he turns around. We see the eyes dart down, and it, you know it's over. It's like, it's done. It's a wrap. Sorry. And then the way Melora Harden, the way she walks around the office after that is so well. She's so good at it. She carries herself with so much gravitas. There's the way that she goes over to the water cooler, and there's a <laughs> shot of her from the side drinking water, and she kind of <laughs> shakes her hair. Oh, my gosh. And she just knows she's the queen of that room. It's just awesome. Mm-hmm. She does she's got Michael job. back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Man, the I just want to say too the the shot <laughs> through we we were talking about the documentary the other day and all the shots through the blinds into Michael's office, the yeah. shot of him just cupping. Wow! They don't. I love they don't show that happening. It just cuts right to he's already doing it because you know that's how that day ends. Is and finally he's like, can I touch them? <laughs> He says, it is not because of the boob job. Excuse me, boob enhancement. That would be shallow. And this is the opposite of shallow. This is emotionally magnificent. (laughs) Yes, emotionally magnificent. What a pat on the back from Michael Scott. Uh, Incredible stuff. Rewatching this episode, too, like, to see also, like, you know what? Like, Like, I know Jan is Jan and everyone's annoyed by her, but wow, there's a lot of, I mean, you know, Jim and Pam and Karen, all, all body shaming. (laughs) Oh, yeah. All all being, all being uh, uh, schoolyard bullies here a little bit. Except Creed, man. Creed's the only one who looks good after this. (laughs) Well, except, except he finds it offensive. He's like, I like a mo natural, baby. Swing low, sweet chariots. It's not quite body shaming. It's, the, the, he just actually, gives his philosophical take on on the situation. The only, the, I guess, the only people who are nice about it are Ryan and Kelly in a deleted scene that we get here. Oh yeah, yeah where right. Ryan yeah. says, yeah. Uh, uh, "Jan looks hot," and then flinches when he remembers Kelly's like, and then Kelly goes, "Yeah, she looks hot." We get also uh, Hunter probably likes him too. <laughs> That's right. We get a great scene. You mentioned Ryan. We get a good a scene where Ryan interacts has a positive interaction with another character. Where oh, yeah. I might have he, missed that. So he is getting a fax and he laughs. And Pam says, "What is it?" And he says, "I'll tell you, but you have to promise you won't re- reveal it in a speech two years from now." And Pam's like, "I got it." Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's it's funny to see him interact. It like, yeah, it's it reminds me of uh, in Benny Hanna Christmas when he uses all the good excuses and he says, "Look alive, Halpert." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It also feels a little bit like yeah, or like uh, ask me again ten years ago. I liked you better as the temp. Me too. Yeah, I yeah. Had that feel. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that that whole uh, also oh that reminds me too of the, like. The the whole the way Oscar does that same kind of joke to Pam when everyone's there mm-hmm. in the break room is always such a weird, like, hey Pam, I've been meaning to say something to you for a while. Ha ha! It's like everyone making fun of her for being so honest and like upfront, and everyone's like, that was so embarrassing. And it's like, I mean, she feels pretty good about it, and she's obviously able to like take jokes about it. Um, I I think I think that's a actually really like a not only a well written scene but a well acted scene in in that it feels very real like it feels like they're all kind of saying like it's okay like no big deal let's laugh about it even though they're teasing her like even mm-hmm. like i feel like the subtext is that you know they're it's like a group hug. pam it's, we're it's, it's yeah we're hug. we're close yeah. enough that we'll, we'll you know hey let's clear the air like you know ha 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 like uh, so I, I, I really love that actually, uh, that moment. They, uh, they all laugh together and yeah. Stanley even says, I've never heard you talk that much. I thought it was Kelly. Like they have kind of a, a moment where they can just kind of acknowledge it, uh, t- together, which I thought was, it's, was really good. Oh, 
it's heartwarming, but it's not mushy. It's not cheesy. It's yeah. It's it's a really great. Uh, I, I love that scene. Uh, this that just reminded me too of another thing they cut. Arguably the most heartwarming scene in an episode of a lot of heartwarming scenes, but Stanley welcoming Michael back in the kitchen. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. And moves Michael to tears. I mean, Stanley's like, um, thank I, you, Stanley, the manly. He's like, I never thought I'd say this, but I'm glad to see you again, Michael. Yeah, and he's Michael is immediately choked up. Has to put his coffee oh. cup down. Thank you. Stanley the Mandy opens the arms and does the come here gesture with both hands. And they got the scene. It's like, you know, you know, he didn't get that hug, but it's just incredibly done. And Michael's genuinely moved in that moment. Steve Carell has a really great way of calling for the hug where the hands don't really, the arms don't really go out. They just kind of go down at his side yeah, as if he's this figure. Yeah. Really waving the hands. It kind of reminds me of Dwight posing in Garden Party. And I think it's one of the, the tableau vivant. Yeah. You know? yes, That's how Michael asks for a hug. <laughs> Way down there. Uh, but the I feel like the reason that they have that scene in there um, is not just to have, you know, Stanley and Michael interact, but to contrast how terrible it was for Stanley that Dwight was boss for a day, which we could talk about next maybe, is <laughs> what's happening back in Scranton while the interview is going on, uh, which is... Dwight does a lot in one word. Dwight does does a a lot. lot. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Dwight uh, has, of course, made Andy his number two, made uh, Pam his secret assistant uh, to the assistant regional manager. Um, And uh, and uh, I mean, he's he's got he's got Angela spying on Pam also. (laughs) <laughs> he immediately immediately imposes a surveillance state around the office yeah he's got he's 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 like uh he's got his little by the way what, what do they call him in game of thrones what does Varys call his little his little birds yeah, yeah. my little birds um the other thing too was like you get a lot more of these scenes of kevin watching pam and writing things down mm-hmm. and at first i was like is this to say that he's also working for dwight but then i realized that this is an extension of the joke He's that, working for Jim. That he's working for Jim <laughs> to compare uh, Pam and Karen. There's yeah, yeah. exactly the the sort of project that they give him uh, to to kind of see who's 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 hotter and report back at the end of the day. Honestly, Seeing I was him kinda... right on that notepad though. It, it gave more context to the scene that's always been a little weird to me when they are talking later, and um, I forget what what exactly Kevin says, but he suddenly writes something down. But the, like the way he says it is always weird, but. Uh, yep. it's they're in the break room. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm yeah. Karen's always wearing those pantsuits, and those then you like write pantsuits, and and the without that, it was like, is he just being a weird like horny guy? I but then I think even, he's actually being like, oh, I need to write that down on the list. I don't even know if that's a deleted bit or not. I I was so that part's seeing, not deleted, but the seeing, other scenes of him writing on the pad are seeing the yeah, seeing this whole storyline. I was kind of impressed at how this whole thing was cut out because mm-hmm. like. Mm. It's really kind of woven into a lot of scenes that you, the, the, the scenes that weren't cut, like mm-hmm. Kevin in the background, like scribbling and watching. And so I don't know if they framed him out or something in the editing. Yeah, I agree. There's a ton of scenes like that where you are amazed that they were able to cut it in the way that they did to leave out some of these 
extraneous details. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to see that storyline have a little. I mean, I think it's fine that, that nothing ever happens of it ever again. Uh, but yeah. it's yeah. probably the best. But I, I thought it would have been funny if in Jim coming back to ask Pam out, there's also a thing where Kevin is trying to show him the results. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would have been a good tag. Yeah. Is. Jim leaving that day and Kevin just like Jim and running after him like I think it's Pam or just like like, (laughs) he sees a mask Pam out and he's just like what he's like what all my work (laughs) yeah (laughs) what a way pages and pages of work a couple of self-aware moments Kevin yeah um you know, yeah, this is one of those scenes that is cut around, but he says, mm-hmm. I think Karen will get the job. And yes, then yes. He, he says that he's got a bet with someone else of a year's salary about who's going to get the yeah, job. And he his says, friend at the Buffalo branch. And he says, I think I have a gambling problem. <laughs> the other sort of aware moment that we get is from Kelly, who is talking to Pam and says that Dwight used to have a crush on me. So we see oh, that, yes. that she's aware of it. Um, but it's all a setup for, for Kelly to... Tell Pam directly, he's just not that into you. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Boy, she relishes saying that. Really relishes saying that. A rom-com that. moment for Kelly. Yeah. 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 Um, let's talk let's about Dwight a little to, bit yeah, of boss. let's go back to Dwight. Yeah, because he, um, I mean, as we see in the, in his crying scene, it really does mean a lot to him. Um, and it's funny that this whole time of Michael eventually coming back and being like Scranton's my home it's where I belong it's like the whole time all Dwight's wanted like Dwight's corporate New York job for him is being in that manager's office um and and he gets this day to experience it and another reason why I think this is the perfect office movie this episode if you wanted to end the season because you you get a dose of hey what would Dwight be like <laughs> as the boss and we get to see that he paints the office black to be intimidating um as they're saying it andy's like it's like staring into my soul yeah um, which is a real self-own from from andy there i um, i love so intimidating i love uh you know dwight is very serious about all his moves during the day but as the mm-hmm. day comes to a close and he and andy are painting that room i love just like his just like he's just like excited about it and andy's like you know, you know what? Oh, hey, you should loft the desk. He's <laughs> just like, now you're talking like they pound. Yeah, regional like, manager. Yeah. yeah, they're having a great time in there. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, that the the all for Michael to show up and ruin it. <laughs> right, and 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 Dwight basically introduces uh, cryptocurrency just for Scranton. Right, like he introduces the, the shroot bucks, uh, and we get a lot more context of where those come from. With his family history. I mean, whoa, the, that deleted scene gives you a lot. It's <laughs> very clearly yeah. a, uh, a, a way for the writers to play around with Dwight's uh, childhood and upbringing on the farm because they bring up the the inspiration in the system for Shrewd Bucks. Along, uh, paired with a story about one of Dwight's cousins who would have been a great athlete but bought a pair of <laughs> pajamas that had footy pajamas that had the wrong length. So he could have been a great athlete, but can now only run in long, oblong circles. Yeah. 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 It was because the Shroots used to sell their, like, abnormal beats and clothing. What is this? And sundries. I wish I had the the quote in front of me of Dwight saying, he would have to, you know. You have to run at a 45-degree angle angle to catch the bus. Yeah. (laughs) 
to, a, to, to account, account for the warp the angle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. And how the oh, how, how the aunts and uncles would charge them punishing interest rates, and they would go way yeah, in depth. T- took decades to get yeah, out to from under off. that yeah. debt. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, Dwight Dwight goodness. has some sort of meaningful investment in Shrewd Bucks. They live a little bit longer, which I uh, I wish we got to see a little more of that in the actual show. It would actually air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and he and he he genuinely believes in them, and we we know that because in his conference room where he's going over the history of paper and telling them about phosphorus and nitrogen and whatnot. Um, he gives Stanley a shrewd buck, and I don't want it. And Dwight, Dwight kind of almost breaks character as like the boss, and is almost a child at that moment, and says, "You don't want a shrewd buck?" Yeah, he's like, like, he's, he's genuinely like does not compute. What? Like, like you don't want this? Like, look at what I've done. Yeah. Um, and Stanley could care less. He could care, he couldn't give a buff, uh, Stanley Nickel about it. And, I did and, like the uh, yeah Stanley. I did like uh, in the following um, uh, deleted uh, presentation that we get from Dwight. Uh, we get some more Shrewbuck uh, <laughs> uh, content where, where like uh, you know if you I, I think uh, somebody has a right answer that Dwight wasn't expecting and he's like we both get a Shrewbuck and then he's like gives them a Shrewbuck. And then gives himself one, poses for the camera with the shrewd buck. <laughs> there, he has them sort garbage in terms of recycling or trash. Yes. And the item is a bird is a bird's nest. Thank you. Creed says Which should go in the compost. Yeah. Creed says, "Why would you throw out a perfectly good bird's nest?" And so Dwight gives them both a shrewd buck. <laughs> Thank you. That's right. Lunch. Yeah. <laughs> um, I that that scene with like yeah, going through all the it it is it's just like. Day one, like you see that Dwight already has this whole like we see Dwight's tenure plan, which is running this branch, starting with learning exactly the history of where paper starts, which is so <laughs> Dwight. And um, what initially he's like, no more meetings, no more of this stupid stuff. And there's a there's a brief breath of like, yeah, Stanley's like, oh, cheers to that. And then immediately it's like, no, we're replacing it with a series of lectures, a long series of lectures. Um so in in that way, Dwight hasn't learned much from Michael, uh, other than that he knows that getting people in the conference room is important. I think all of these scenes, this extended time with Dwight as manager, just kind of shows how fundamental this episode is in his overall character arc. Uh, hmm. Not his relationship with Angela per se, but his him is he excuse me him finally resolving his goal of becoming regional manager of the Dunder Mifflin branch. Uh, in Scranton by the end of the show. He, after all of the different, like this is such a seminal moment because he actually gets a little taste of it before it's taken away. And then he has all these other moments in the search committee um, when he fires the gun. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, he says in season nine, I've made too many mistakes. Um, There's that time I fired the gun in the office, David Wallace, what? <laughs> but but all of that goes away. <laughs> and uh, the, the pure joy that Dwight gets when he's actually the manager, it, uh, it's, it's it's really important, and this episode is a huge, huge piece of that. So getting to see extra glimpses of what that means to Dwight, uh, especially colored against his uh, his farm past and the origins of Shrewbox is really uh, is a really, really good benefit from this extended cut. I love the shot of him hanging that some family portrait at the office. I wish I could have seen that some more. It's just just one of old Pennsylvania Dutch photo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, funny. I also want to say that I just 
absolutely love Dwight saying "supulent." Oh yeah, he does that a bunch of times. So, yeah. so it's in the in the main episode. It is in here twice. I think he says it to Oscar first, yeah. and then says it to uh, Oscar again. Oscar again? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he says it to Pam in the deleted scene that we get, where he says it to Pam. Zipulid. No one likes a kiss ass, or no one likes a kiss up. And then she's just like. Get, like kind of like what to him and he gives her another wink and then she's like, <laughs> like this, this line seems like something that was written as kind of a throwaway line but rain wilson performed it in such a way that they wanted to use it multiple times that mm-hmm. seems yeah. more likely than them writing him saying zip your lid for no reason yeah three times in an but episode the, for the, the delivery just, just gets better and better too like eventually just zip your lid. <laughs> yeah he's having a little more fun with it this episode gives us a lot of uh, a lot a peek at a lot of scenes that are in bloopers, but we don't see. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. even in deleted scenes yeah. for this episode, um, Phyllis yogurt container. That's the blooper <laughs> yeah. that we see. Yeah. Um, oh, the long, long <laughs> stare. Yeah, Phyllis. Phyllis. Yeah, <laughs> she's um, so checked out. I think a zip your lid is one of them too. Uh, and there's another yeah. one that comes in this episode, although I can't think of it at the moment. It has to do with Andy, yeah. I think. Could be, but yeah, might, uh, maybe during the interview. Mm-hmm. I know he cuts Andy off a few times during the interview, including uh, in the arm wrestling <laughs> scene when Andy starts to best him, uh, and he just calls time. Um, yeah, um, man, just just some other great moments from this episode. I I love. Uh, okay, or actually, Michael coming back. I'm back for good, Kevin Nealon. <laughs> what is that? That's I, I. I think we get a lot of questions that are like, "Are there references that you still don't understand?" This is one. What is yeah. Kevin Nealon? I'm good. Do you know what that is? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing he did something on, on like Saturday Night Live. Live I'm sure. Yeah, I just yeah. was curious if you guys or knew what Franz, he was maybe, talking about. But I'm not yeah. exactly sure. Yeah. Yeah, For I'm sure Michael's good. not contrib- uh, attributing it correctly. Uh, um, <laughs> but then but, I. I'll, I'll, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just before that scene. I wanted to, when he's going back from New York with Jan in the car, uh-huh. and they're talking. That's an extended scene we get, and there's just a couple extra lines of Jan being like, "I know it's just these painkillers that I started taking since the surgery. They make my moods totally unpredictable. Wow, what am I going to do?" And, she's, <laughs> and the look on Michael's face <laughs> as all of this is happening again after he's he's burnt the bridge and tossed the gas can behind him. <laughs> I, I mean, her, having this meltdown. Her saying, "Wow, what am I going to do?" That's all. That's all in the original episode, though. But not the not his reaction. But I think the whole part before it, right when he's she's like, "That's that's going, it. Uh, I Edwin, is the painkiller line in there? Correct me if I'm wrong, Edwin. She says, "I'm uh, these this medication I'm on. Wow, like makes my mood swings. Wow." Like that's all in the. Oh, I thought I it just started. So. I believe wow. so. Okay, just I. Uh, you know, you know. I mean, I'm retconning myself, man. I'm I sorry. mean, why? I mean, it, yeah. It 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 feels like it. Yeah, I think that just goes to show that like what a great scene that is, and what a great performance that is from Melora Hardin. That you saw it again, and you were like, whoa. Have I seen this before? I, yeah, I I always thought it cut straight from Michael being like, "Don't cry, it's gonna be okay." Into her just going, "What am I gonna do?" I thought it just I, cut there. But 
I know that yeah, I guess I'm wrong. A lot of these when whenever we do these single episode as themes, uh, and we include the super fan cuts, we spend a lot of time talking about what's new and what's not new and how things got edited. And a lot of it is just saying like they also added this, they also added this, they also added this. But I think one of the real benefits of the super fan episodes is that it causes you to watch the office with a little bit of fresh eyes. So totally. not only are you surprised by what's new, but you're also paying more attention to something you feel like you've seen a million times. So, um, there's an element of that. So I, it, it makes total sense that you might see something that, you know, you might've not uh, expected to see, or you see something mm -hmm. again and you just, it feels as if you're seeing it for the first time. Yeah. I had that with the exchange between Michael and Ryan at the end too. When Michael goes, Ryan coffee. Ryan, I don't do that stuff anymore. No, it's for me, bimbo. Yeah. <laughs> Got it, bimbo? Got it, bimbo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. I think one of the other takeaways from this episode, uh, broadly speaking, is that you talked about how, how this episode becomes a lot funnier. It feels almost stronger with that extra content added in. And I think what, uh, what it makes me realize is it makes sense that season three of The Office kind of when I think it became this really, really big sensation it became like i think it really really ascended in popularity during season three and there are so many reasons for that i think detailed very well in brian baumgartner's podcast but this episode seems to validate that a little bit just because of how like i think complete it feels how kind of ho how holistic it is how it uses all the different characters like this episode would validate i think the popularity that the office had at that time totally and it's the season that honestly does the best at harnessing probably the most important aspect of the show, which is the, the Jim and Pam, well, they won't they? I mean, season three is thickly in that, um, you know, because it's like, it's it's post Roy, but it's pre Jim and Pam being together. And it's, there's this vacuum that they're trying to fill. And so, I mean, if, if the office, and I think this is what um, Stephen Merchant uh, brought up when he was on Conan's podcast, it was like, it's a romantic comedy is really what, what the office is. Right. Um, and you need, and like that's how they thought of it when they made it. It just happens to take place in this setting, and so that's why this season is so good. Is it resolves that that romance? One thing that I kind of thought of while watching this, this uh, preparing for this, is that I would you couldn't do it realistically because it's kind of the same storytelling from season the beginning of season three. But I would have liked to see a, an alternate version, alternate universe version of the show where Jim does get the job and does stay with Karen, and does move to New York, yeah. and then has mm. to interact with the Scranton branch and Michael all the time, and Pam. And maybe they get right. together in a different sort of way. Although, you mean, it'd be much more difficult to bring Jim back into the fold in Scranton, but it would have been a fun dynamic to see. Right. Very, yeah. Could have, yeah, kept that. Hmm. That was, yeah, I like that. Well, no one's going to make it unless we do, so let's get writing, boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, any other? Uh, oh, oh! Actually, I did want to mention something else from this episode that I love. Uh, I think we have a running. <clears throat> we we're always looking for great bleep moments on the show. Great bleep moment in this episode. Uh, Jan <laughs> dropping her entire box of office <laughs> oh my goods, gosh. and then just like yeah. a really noisy, clunky. Her putting everything back in the box just stands up. So long, assholes. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. It's such an awkward scene that all that stuff is dropping. Yeah. And like David Wallace is just standing there and David does the thing where he kind of bends down to like help, but he's like, well, yeah. what are we doing here? Yeah. It's so awkward. And Hunter and Hunter, like what a deep hug they have. I'm surprised yes. there wasn't a shot of Michael just kind of being like, like, hmm. 
He's okay That's with it. Weird. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he, he knows. He knows what his he band. knows what his woman needs. I wonder if he Don't knows. Don't let them change you. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he knows. <laughs> Hunter's reaction a little bit like I don't know if this this was a super fan thing but he like he kind of was like oh uh, okay like in this I don't know if he's always like that but it watching this again I was like I don't think he I don't think he doesn't care that Jan's gone yeah I think he's kind of surprised that she cares about him (laughs) yeah right anyways and wouldn't he have I guess he wouldn't have I'd be like wouldn't he have lost his job also but maybe He's just not. A, he's he's not loyal a to person. Jan. He's just sort of. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to. <laughs> the enemy of my enemy is my friend. But yeah. David, yeah. she goes, I go. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, Who okay. are you? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, Did we pay you. <laughs> I'm Hunter. Uh, <laughs> any other great moments from this episode that we can't? Uh, we can't not the absolutely. Mention? I do from Pam. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's just the whole the whole last twenty minutes of this is so well written. It just it's it's just lining up in this perfect way, and the way it's edited, and the way Jim comes back while Pam's talking. I mean, it starts happening even back then. If like you start to see Pam doing all these things she learned from Jim, and then all these things that like what Pam means for Jim, we see it in his face when he's doing going through his interview and. Just it just happens in this beautiful tandem, and then they finally join together at the very last moment, and the episode's over. It's just it's just mwah, chef's kiss. Mm. I imagine it might be difficult for some people who really, really just will not sign up for Peacock to watch this extra content, or you know, decided at the at the time that Peacock came out to invest in the DVDs or some other sort of way to watch the show, you know, on demand. But uh, and I, so I know that there's an element of us kind of parroting these different scenes that have been added in but this episode in particular really seems to to show the value of of these extended cuts not just because they include new content but it's woven in in a way that makes the show feel new and fresh um and you know in the early seasons i feel like there's less of that material on the cutting room floor like season one season two but i think um it really makes me think that as we get into the further seasons when the office is a much bigger production that there's going to be even more that we'll get to see um so i'm excited for these new uh what the future holds for these extended super fans. We have five more seasons of this. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. We're not even halfway through the episodes. Yeah. It's, it's It might end up breathing more life into our show eventually once we're out of stuff to talk about. It's like, well, we, can always, we always got super fan cuts. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Our show is going to end with us just being like, well, we still have like... Our show is going to end episodes. with John Krasinski <laughs> uh, knocking on our door and walking in and being like, oh, hey... Uh, do you guys want a TV deal? <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry. I am Did sorry. Did you guys want to get question? dinner tonight? <laughs> uh, he comes into uh, all three of our rooms at the same moment. He, zo- he bombs the Zoom call. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, John, we're recording a podcast. Could you leave? Thank you. So unprofessional. Get out. I guess he just really, really loves Italian food. <laughs> Very passionate. There you have it. Uh, the job, the super fan cuts on Peacock. Uh, super duper paper. Great. It's super duper. Su- <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. Home okay. is where the hardest. 
Yeah, yeah. It's I'm actually yeah. That's like the only time someone yeah. actually corrects one of his things, and I I see why they cut it because they're like it's funnier when no one corrects him. Mm-hmm, yeah. Sure. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, let's take a quick break and let's uh, wrap it up with some ordinary things. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. That is our building, and we sell paper. All right, for uh, ordinary things this week, uh, we're just staying on the topic of jobs, as it's topical. Hmm. Um, but uh, of course, on this segment, uh, we we sort of take whatever happens on the office and talk how does it how does it relate in our own our own life. And um, this isn't like I'm not looking for a story about when you applied for a job or you're trying to get one, but rather like what's the What's the weirdest? What's the weirdest job you've ever had? What made it so weird? So, one time, Ryan and I were between uh, projects, and uh, you know, Portland's a small film industry, so occasionally there can be months-long gaps between projects, and uh, and a, a friend of ours was like just hit us up out of the blue during one of these dry spells and was like, Hey, this is kind of weird, but I'm helping this woman decorate this Airbnb in council crest. And, uh, we just need help. And it's, uh, it's cash. It's like 150 bucks a day just for one day. And, uh, we were like, okay, whatever. That sounds good. Uh, you know, weird or like you know that's not what we do typically but sure and this we show is up, weird it's <laughs> dude it, it was just it was mayhem it was a, it, this super wealthy lady she's like oh me and my husband we typically live in like china right now beijing but like you know we're setting up these airbnbs like all over the place and you know and then it's just like we get to this huge mansion in council crest of portland which is a nice neighborhood and like there are like all these other delivery people showing up with like mattresses and beds and they're like upset about the winding staircase and then she's this like this tall beautiful woman and she shows up and they're like oh you know what i'll run home and get a bunch of rope and maybe we can build a pulley and get it up the balcony (laughs) it's just like all this all this crazy stuff is happening and like ryan and i are doing all these things that we never ever do and i swear to god like i'm like like i'm worthless i'm not handy like i'm not typically a handy person at all Mm. uh but uh so we do this day and just all this ridiculous stuff is happening the the lady crashes the u-haul truck like like, all these other things are happening just like oh man this is and we're also just like is this a low point for us i thought we were on a career path now here we are with a it's just us and a bunch of task rabbits like doing this thing at the end of the day the woman is just counting out cash she's like it was 300 dollars each right we were like yes 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 please don't bring it the question now we they only got 220 we didn't even look at each other we were just like yes 
and like we got Ryan and I got outside and we were like, we should like go out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we went out. We got oysters. We went to uh, <laughs> uh, a fancy. Oh, you got restaurant. oysters! Whoa, oh, we got oysters. I got I got oso buco for the first time at a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> How long did it braise? Yeah. Did oh, you? Uh, did you? Oh, it was beautiful. Did you start eating Not well after midnight? And it had been like such a long physical day too, to then just be like, "Oh, we're, oh my god, we're going out. <laughs> we're doing this." Yeah. It was, it nice. was wonderful. So, Evan, what you got? Oh, sorry, that was, finish up. That was yeah, probably my up. weirdest job. <laughs> okay. I mean, I think maybe my weirdest job when I was in college one summer, I worked at a roofing factory in uh, in North Portland, <laughs> and it was a I got a job as like a picker, so like I was it was they would make shingles, and the, the factory would run twenty four mm-hmm. hours a day, and you were like I was checking the quality of the shingles that would come out of the assembly line. So if there was a problem at other parts of the line, you would have to make sure that we don't like you didn't send out anything that wasn't properly made. Because um, it was right at the end of the line where things would get wrapped and then, like, things would get placed and wrapped onto pallets and stuff. So that was that's my job right. at the end of the line. But I worked the graveyard shift. So I would work from 10 to 6. Oh, that's why I, I worked, remember this. <laughs> and I worked uh, – and it was the – you would work 13 days on and one off. So you would work – you get one day off every two weeks. And, Dude, that's so brutal. And oh, But man. the day offs were actually really bad because you were just awake from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. Like, who is – and it could be like in the middle of the week. Like, what are you supposed to right. do? You know, because you have to get up. Um, and you're all you're thinking is, I have to do this all over again. But it was crazy because I was just in the factory. Thing. Yeah, in this roofing factory in the dead of night, you would go home and go to bed at sunrise. You know, it was, mm-hmm. it was just a, it was a crazy time, and it was an experience that I was not used to or prepared for. But I was just <laughs> went and worked in a factory, U.S. Steelworkers Union, everything heard, like that. I remember yeah. this. You mm-hmm. you had a partner on the line. I feel like. Oh uh, yeah, Mo. Yeah. Muhammad, you, he was a character, yeah. He'd give you a lot of... Uh, oh, yeah, I've ever heard about Mo. Yeah. A lot of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What about <laughs> you, Alex? What? what I, I feel I like mean, I know what Alex's weirdest job is. It, probably the Dubai job was super weird. That's what I was going to say. Um, everything about it was so strange how I ended up there, but I... Um, and, and these these guys have heard about it a ton, but the Cliff's Notes is that I, I met a guy at a bar... Um, this is after I had come home to college. I was living at my parents, and they were like, "You got like six months." Um, and I had, so I was looking for jobs, and I met a guy at a bar who then he was flipping houses at the time, and he needed someone to just do yard work for the properties he was buying. Um, but his real job was working as a industrial engineer, and the company that he worked for was hired to repair giant. Um, like basically landfill equipment uh, or trash sorting equipment at a uh, recycling mass, massive trash recycling center in the outskirts of Dubai. Uh, and they hired them because the company that made the equipment was from Vancouver, Washington, but was installed in Dubai. That company decided it was cheaper to bring over a team of American welders that knew the equipment rather than hire local people. And he needed me to just be basically a helper on site. Um, mainly doing firewatch, which is literally sitting there with a hose waiting for fires to start below the welders. Because when they're welding, they're dropping massive showers of sparks onto trash, huge piles of trash. So fires, stinky fires were starting all the time. And you had to just sit there and put them out with a hose. 
Um, and it just was crazy how I found myself there after like after <laughs> talking to this guy at the bar, and then suddenly I'm in Dubai, and it's like where we're and we were working, um, yeah, twelve hours a day, seven days a week. We didn't have days off, and it was like we're that we're here until the job's done. Mm. And eventually, it took about I want to say seven weeks, and I was there for five weeks. Uh, it was so hot in Dubai. It was like about 102 every day, and inside the trash plant, it was even hotter. Plus 100% humidity. Um, there's no air conditioning Jesus. in the plant. It smelled like shit all day. And my job was to work inside the trash tube, a part of my job, uh, cleaning where the weld lines were mm. <laughs> and buffing them with a steel brush so that inspectors could come in, find where the cracks on the welds were, and then repair them. But they needed me to clean that, which is two years of trash dust was Ugh. caked onto the inside of these tubes. And I'm using a high-spinning wire brush, which means inside this tube is just trash powder, thick. I'm breathing it in. I'm sweating my balls off, which means as the trash powder lands on me, it turns into liquid and drips down my body like you're putting hot water in Swiss Miss. That was happening all over me, but with trash dust. Oh, man. So so when the day was over, you... At least you could go and get a cold beer, right at the at the bar. No, uh, drinking was illegal where we were. Uh, yeah. This was in the UAE, and there's seven like states, and the one we were in, it was like no alcohol, um, which was such an issue with the welders I was working on that we moved where we were staying. Wow, they voluntarily all agreed to increase our time to the job site by 45 minutes of driving. Just so they could live across the border and drink after work. Because they're alcoholics, mm. for sure. They're, oh, they were all hard alcoholics, dude. Like, the dudes I was living with were these old guys, Kelly and Ben. They were both, like, huge Harley Davidson heads. They're all there to... Drunks. They're all there to just make their child support as quickly as possible. Oh, and they're all, they're all deaf as old dogs because they've been working next to heavy machinery their whole lives. Oh, so God. you'd have to be like, Ben! Like, you had to get right in front of them and just scream their name for them to, like, turn and look at you, stop what they were doing. <laughs> anyway, all that is to say, I, it was a very weird job. It was the hardest job I've ever had. Um, and it, eventually it ended because I was moving a fan because you couldn't work without at least one industrial fan blowing directly on you or it was too hot. Mm. Um, so you're constantly moving these fans around. There's no there's no grates on the fans because there's no safety regulations in Dubai. So it's an open blade in a big <laughs> steel cylinder. Smart. Cool. And I was moving one. Uh, I had my work gloves off because I was changing a light bulb. And I, I just, I moved one for a guy, like tilted the angle, and my hand slipped into the fan, Oof. and it shredded up my fingers, like all the top of these three fingers. Um, did you? And I couldn't work anymore. So. Did you stick your hand in there on purpose, so that you no, could go home? <laughs> no, but it, maybe to be deep honest, down. <laughs> no, I really didn't because it, it hurt like fuck, yeah. and it was a. They were out of anesthesia at the hospital, so I took. <laughs> I got Ugh. I got nine stitches in my fingers without any anesthesia, Ugh. just a a hook through my burning flesh. <laughs> it was it was the worst, man. It was the unbearable pain. But like, um, honestly, it happened, and I was so tired, and it was like, oh my god, I don't have to work anymore. Like I did yes. it. It was like Vietnam, like like just letting like taking a putting a grenade and just being like, fuck it, I'm gonna blow my foot off. I can't fucking <laughs> take it here. I. Uh, I was I was kind of like relieved, even though it sucked. And yeah. 
yeah, they, they, they sent me home. They're like, you can't work with open wounds in this environment. So bye. And as I left, everyone was like, oh, man. They're like, so how exactly did leave. you hurt? <laughs> <laughs> well, there was another kid who had the same job as me that they hired and brought over. Another kid my age. The next day, he fell off a ladder into a cross beam and oh. sprained his back. Like seven feet foot fall into a steel oh, beam. Dude. And then that same day, one of their welders got his welding rod stuck and he pulled it out and he put the entire welding rod through one of his teeth into his cheek. Oh. Like, like that. Um, because everyone was so tight, wrung yeah. out from working. And there, this was after five weeks and people's minds were just, we started making a ton of mistakes. And so they finally gave us two days off and then sent everyone back. But in those two days is when I flew out. Wow. So that's, wow. that was the whole job. And, and folks, this is why unions are a, a good thing. And <laughs> although man, those guys loved not having safety regulations. They were I like, "Oh my god, I can did. just work how I've." They're like, "I can work how I've always wanted, just free as a bird, no helmets, <laughs> oh, hair flowing, like Ron Swanson's code." Yeah, right. <laughs> they loved it. Yeah. Well, uh, fellas, it's getting a little late here. I think. Uh, I think perhaps. We'll wrap it up. Uh, this is uh, it's, it's after one a.m. or yeah. in New York here, and I gotta go to bed. Man. Yeah. Well, this has been uh, this has been the job. Uh, if you have, uh, if you'd like to mention any moments that we might have missed, uh, you can always email us at mspodcastcompany at gmail dot com, or you can give us a call five zero three six nine four nine three one four. Leave us a message. Uh, we love to play them on the show. Uh, we're on Facebook and, and Instagram. We have a website, michaelscottpod.com. We have a store, mspcstore.com. And we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash michaelscott. As Alex was saying, hours and hours of content on their main feed episodes without ads. Uh, Bonus episodes. Uh, drafts. Ted Lasso draft Season 2. Oh, I didn't even talk about that, bro. Episodes from The Vault. You know, yeah. before we even started this show, we had test episodes. You can listen to those. You can just be a part of the community, a part of the conversation. So come hang out with us on there. Uh, we our our thread post, our like question submission posts are just becoming a community hangout now. Definitely right, once a week. Like mm-hmm. people comment on each other's questions, fan theories getting figured out. It's a good time. Uh, we uh, a portion of the proceeds go to the Thurgood Marshall College Fund. Uh, so uh, special thanks to our Patre- Patreon members, to our Scots Tots. Thank you for supporting the show. We love you. Uh, a special shout-out to uh, Allison at Lady Justice Brewing. Uh, we love you. Shout. Wish you the swiftest recovery from your surgery. Uh, and uh, and we're super excited to try the beer. The Ryan started oh. the fire. I hope that some of you got to go out to Lady Justice in Aurora and try it. I don't know if it's still there or not but uh but uh also special thanks to ryan lloyd who designs all of our artwork uh this episode was recorded over video chat thank you for listening thanks for hanging out with us uh for spending a little time uh as we talk about the job or any other episode or any other office topic um it is amazing and uh always will be that we get to do the show and just kind of hang out um with each other and 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 all of you so uh, thank you for making it possible really and truly um it means the world to us, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to uh, can't wait for the next recording, next episode, next drop. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for everything. Uh, take care, stay safe. We'll see you next week. 
Pippity poppity, give me the zappity. Yes, sir. Da 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 da